Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 74 of the Still City Insider Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside the Jim Wexel. Jim, how are you on this fantastic Tuesday? I'm good. It's like Tuesday at 4.04 and we're waiting for the cuts, right? We are waiting for the cuts. We're going to do this thing live as it happens, spontaneous reaction. Let's not screw it up. (laughs) (laughs) Jim, I'm feeling a little bit, I'm feeling a little bit of pressure, some nerves here, man. This is, you know, this is like some real time stuff. Yeah, but both of us know the roster so well and who the bubble guys are. And as soon as we see the cuts, we'll know who made it and, and will know something about that guy. Like, I've already studied up on Dylan Cook. Okay. Um, I, I, I know about um, Hot Rod Williams, you know, things like that. I don't know who's going to play fullback, but uh, we can talk about the trade of the fullback. Yes. Yeah, I, I did note your 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 love for one Rodney Williams from Tennessee Hot Martin. Rod. Hot Rod. Hot Rod. So, Tennessee I'm, I'm, Martin. Yeah, I made a note there, um, but let's let's just start there. Yeah, Zach Gentry, one of the first big names we see, uh, who who's getting cut. Uh, so excuse that, me, Jeremy, the cuts are in. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> let's go. Okay, man. Luke Barku and Chris Wilcox corners. Braden Fahoko. Oh, wow. Jonathan Marshall, D-line, linebacker, Nick Kwiatkowski, David Perales, Quincy Roach. Offensive line, Ryan McCullum is early today. Running back, Greg Bell, Xavion Valaday. Safety, Trenton Thompson. I like Trenton. Uh, Trey Norwood, too. Tight end, Zach Gentry, and Hot Rod was cut. Oh, wow. Um, wide receiver, Jordan Bird and Des Fitzpatrick. Okay. So that means... Um, both wide receivers on the bubble made it, Gunner and Miles Boykin. Uh, Anthony uh, McFarland, which we assumed when he gave up, you know, when he and uh, Quan Alexander swapped jerseys. I mean, we knew Anthony made it then, right? Earlier today when it, the story about the jerseys came out. Right. Both of them had 26, and Quan wanted 26 but said he'll change, and McFarland said, no, I'll give it to you. Yeah. So that told you McFarland made the team. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been a jersey issue. Um, uh, Dylan Cook makes the team. We can talk about these guys one-on-one, but th- the initial reaction of who made the team, um, Spencer uh, Anderson, the seventh-round pick. Um, 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 James Pierre made it. Now, again, I, I don't mean to mention this just because I brought up Pierre's name, but as they pick up guys off the waiver wire today, one or two of these guys could go. I don't think there are any uh, IR issues, mm-hmm. you know, where uh, to put to to get them back quickly, you have to make the fifty three man roster and then go on IR. Yeah, and then you call someone back. Right. Um. So uh, Braden Fahoko gets the cut. So uh, that means um, Armand Watts and Martravis Adams. Yeah. A little surprise. I, I just, man, I don't know if it has to do with Tomlin's bias against big run stuffing, highly weighed. I don't want to say overweight. I don't know <laughs> that Braden Fahoko was overweight. 
Yeah. Just a massive man. But kind of, you know, not this, not the pass rusher Montrevis Adams is, uh, or Arma Watts. Mm-hmm. And they have another nose tackle in the rookie, Keanu Benton. But I like folk. I thought he was their best run stuffer. I thought he was their best third and one defensive lineman. So okay. That that was a surprise to me. I thought Kwiatkowski had a chance because he uh he played well, 53 as a linebacker, mm-hmm. veteran linebacker. Um none of the young safeties. You've got um you've got the three who play and uh Killebrew. They got rid of uh, Robinson the other day. Mm-hmm. And now they get rid of Trey Norwood and Trenton Thompson. Well, they, they keep the two. Elijah Riley's a safety, but he's the nickel corner. So he's the slot corner. Oh, wow. I just saw that. I didn't uh, see that initially that Trey Norwood was cut. Yeah. You just said that. And I, wow. Okay. So he was, uh, that was two draft classes ago where in which he was drafted. Seven. Seventh round. Seventh round, right? And he had a little bit of promise there his first season, but ever since then he just has kind of fallen off. So maybe not as he, he had his good moments, but a, a lot of tackling issues. I thought. So anyway, um, where do we start? Well, I think maybe a, a good place to start is let's go back in time. We won't be sequential. I guess we'll be, I guess it's kind of sequential, but the trades, we had two trades from the Steelers and typically it's the opposite. They're trading for a player, but this year they're, they're trading their own players and it happens to be two offensive linemen starting with Kevin Dotson to the Rams. And then today, Kendrick Green to the Texans. I'm not certain those two would have been cut. It's possible. It's very possible. But I, I thought, especially Spencer Anderson, when he came on in that third game, I thought he had to make the team. They couldn't get him on pra- back on practice squad. But I thought they could get Dylan Cook back on practice squad. Mm-hmm. I didn't think these last 51, 52, 53 were that impressive that they had to worry about losing guys, losing legitimate players. So when they make trades like that, not only does it – you love the young guys. You love Spencer Anderson. You, you just like hearing a new guy make the team. Yeah. Now it's somebody to investigate. And Dylan Cook, and we'll talk about Dylan Cook, former NAIA quarterback. Oh, nice. He's now an NFL tackle. <laughs> the Steelers love their versatility, don't they? He was an NAIA backup quarterback. Yes, they loved it. They got rid of Gentry. Apparently, Dylan Cook is now the emergency quarterback. <laughs> But the trades, I mean, I love the Dotson trade. Yeah. And and that's just a swap of a couple mid-round picks. So they get two fourth-round picks next year. Great. Then they get two fifth-round picks the next year. And no sixth-round pick until they pulled off the master trade of Kendrick Green for a sixth-round pick. Yeah. Can you imagine being Omar Khan staring at a guy on a Zoom call and they say, we'll give you a seventh rounder for him. And you, Omar saying no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I want a sixth rounder. You have no center. Houston has no center. Yeah. And uh, many would say they still have no center. 
I would say they have a fullback. They have a fullback. Yes. I mean, the one, the one sad thing about this whole process, we're, we're upgrading and improving at the center position, but we aren't going to be able to see Kendrick green getting, getting the carry or that little dump off pass out of the backfield or flattening somebody. Yeah. Blocking is a fullback. You were there. He was impressive. He was. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody says this was some kind of, you know, media hyperbole. Uh, you know, look how much they paid Derek Watt for such minimal work at fullback last year. Yeah. Now they don't have anyone right now. And you know what? K- Kendrick Green is going to be that player 10 years from now. It's going to be that trivia question. Who was the guy drafted in what year was that? 2021 that had a moonlighting at fullback at St. Vincent's? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm writing a trivia book, and that won't make it. That won't make it. All right. Well, it, it's here. It's here. It will have to more to do with his the audacity of him requesting number fifty three the year after Marquise Bouncy retired. Yes, yes. It was his high school and college number. We'll give him that. But that's going to be what they remember. Man, I think I don't. Uh, and and his spotty play, spotty is a nice way of saying. Yeah, and really from the outset with Green, there was a lot of pressure put on him to come in and start right away as a third-round pick. But his biggest – his uh, his issue was he couldn't handle the bull rush. He was in the backfield all the time, and it eventually led to his demise as a Pittsburgh Steeler. So, but they got a sixth-round pick. So now – this is in 2025. So okay. it's two years later. Maybe that, maybe that was the uh, – uh, what's the word? Where where the the, the Texans want uh, want to give a seventh? Omar says I want a sixth, and the Texans say, "Well, let's make it for the following year." Then that would That's, be the middle. The what's their the con- word? Their concession. The concession. The concession is one word, but that's not the one I was looking for. But <laughs> anyway, it, it it got the deal done, and maybe that's how it went. Yeah, but that that's some nerve, man. That's some nerve. Yeah. <laughs> Asking for more. I don't know that he asked for more. Maybe the Texans called him up and said, we'll give you a, a sixth. And maybe he said a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is the, uh, um, what's the word, the con, con artist. He is, the con artist. He is the con artist. And we'll see if his artistry continues because in years past under Colbert, typically the Steelers would make some late trades in August before finalizing the roster. Uh, I, I think back to the the big tight end, Vance McDonald. Do you see any type of moves coming like that for this team, or do you think they're going to stand pat they like what they have? I mean, they may sort through the trash and find a corner that they like a little better than Pierre. But Pierre is now, what, with the team three years? Is it three? Maybe four? Four. I think this is year four. So, I mean, he knows exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. He didn't have such a great preseason. He is a gunner. Miles Boykin made the team. He's the other guy. Des Fitzpatrick, I thought he was an outside shot to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, the O-line. Let's talk a little bit about the O-line. Okay. Um, we know the, We know the five. We know Nate Herbig is the top interior backup. Mm-hmm. We know Broderick Jones is the top tackle backup. That's seven. And those will be the active guys on game day. Yeah. 
The other two are the kids, Spencer Anderson, who showed a lot, played all five positions in um, in preseason games mm-hmm. and did well. I mean, these guys need to be better run blockers, but pass blocking is where, you know, that's where you first look. That's you like, you know, can you make the NFL? Can you pass block? Yeah. It's it's assumed we can we can get you stronger, get you meaner, <laughs> get you coming off the ball better to be a run block. Yeah. Um, so Spencer Anderson's a nice jack of all trades, and he'll be uh, he'll be the number eight. And Dylan Cook gives them a fourth tackle. The Raven Clark was supposed to be that fourth tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dylan Cook, Dylan Cook. I looked up uh, uh, Steelers now. Alan Saunders had a good story on him from June mm-hmm. he uh came out of butt high in uh Montana is it is it butte or butt I think it's butte <laughs> see I'm like a 10 year old man <laughs> butt high well you know you know uh they were the, I forget what they were, they were the Mustangs or something and Saunders in his story differentiated it uh butt high Montana from butt high high Idaho because their nickname was the Pirates. Mm. <laughs> the Butt Pirates. True. True. According to this story, according to Saunders. So anyway, Dylan Cook was quarterback for Butt High and his uh, Butte High, and his brother had led them to the state title a few years earlier as a quarterback. So Dylan Cook, 6'5". I'm not sure if he's 6'6", mm-hmm. but he, you know he's quarterback. And he doesn't get it. He gets injured. The high school team stinks without him. And he doesn't get a scholarship offer. So he goes to NAIA. This is a great nickname. I mean, the, the Butte Pirates is pretty special. <laughs> but the uh, um, he went to Montana State Northern. And their nickname is the Lights. Montana State Northern Lights. Oh, that's okay. really cool. Oh man. I've always wanted I've been to Montana. I didn't get to see the Northern Lights. I want to see the Northern Lights someday. And so anyway, he went there and was a backup quarterback for two years. Never played. Quit. Then he gets a call from Montana State, which is Division One AA. And they want him to play tackle. He says, Yeah. So he tries out, becomes a tackle, and starts after four games, I think. And his second year, he 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 was all conference. Uh, I think it's Big Sky or something like that. He doesn't get drafted. Tampa Bay picks him up. He's rated highly in his first preseason play as a left tackle, rated highly by Pro Football Focus, and Tampa cut him and brought him onto the practice squad. Well, uh, whether he made the practice squad or not, it's it, it's it's it. I'm missing that, but um, they cut him and the Steelers picked him up three days later. Yeah. And, you know, I, we were talking to um, the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, and uh, somebody said something about the offensive lineman and he started naming, you know, the, the top guys and then another reserve. And then Dylan Cook, he just mentioned Dylan Cook unprovoked. And that's when my, my antenna first went up. This guy's got a chance because they're talking about him mm-hmm. in 
uh, without being solicited, without being asked about him. They brought his name up. And um, then, I mean, uh, one of the guys on the message board guaranteed that Dylan Cook would make the team and Spencer Anderson. Wow. He also made a great case for Hot Rod Williams, and I, I think he maybe should have. Yeah. But Hot Rod will be on a practice squad. But and, um, yeah. So so Spencer Anderson maybe shades of a uh, uh, a Kelvin Beecham, um, and then Dylan Cook is he going to be more Ramon Foster or John Leglue? Uh, it seems like the Steelers have a a, a a strength in finding some of these decent offensive linemen later in the draft, but not only that, um, through undrafted free agency. Well, uh, Dylan Cook's a tackle. Those guys were guards. Maybe Leglue played a little tackle. Dylan Cook played some guard in preseason. They moved him around. That was another sign that they were interested. They started moving him around. But they were yeah. moving McCollum around, too, and they cut him. Yeah. But McCollum is a guard center, and they got a ton of centers. Mm-hmm. Really do, even without the great Kendrick Green. <laughs> the great Ken- Kendrick Green. When they got rid of Dodson, you knew Herbig was going to be okay to start the season. Because his shoulder supposedly he's coming back any day, but then he doesn't. And I've seen this before. All of a sudden he's on pup list. And you're mm-hmm. like, I thought this guy was coming back in a couple of days. Now it's going to be a couple of months. But when they got rid of Dotson, then, then you knew Herbig was fine. So Herbig's a backup center. Um, Spencer Anderson, you said Kelvin Beecham. They were both seventh round picks. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good analogy. Craig Wolfley used that analogy too. Mm-hmm. I, I also think of Justin Strelzik. I don't know that just Justin played center, but he played both guards, both tackles. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he was a tenth or eleventh round pick out of Maine. So, I mean, I don't know that the offensive line is all deep. I mean, Dylan Cook's going to have a, a have to show us something. Of course, uh, he may not be a prospect for the future, but it's interesting right now. It's a yeah. new guy to dig into. Yeah. And going back to that tight end possession, we open um, by talking about Zach Gentry getting cut. He was their project player, former quarterback. Your guy, Hot Rod Rodney Williams, uh, he he is also cut. So now you're uh, you know you you have your three. You got Pat Freyer Muth. Uh, there we go. I caught myself. Darnell Washington and uh, the the younger Hayward is going to factor into that position. But you think Williams is going to end up on the the practice squad? I don't know if somebody picks him up because I thought he showed well in preseason and he's 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 timed at a four five five. If he can block, he I mean he was a wide receiver at Tennessee Martin. Mm-hmm. So um that's a playmaking type, a good matchup type for today's game. So uh maybe man, I tell you, it's it's a long shot that he gets picked up, but um yeah, I would assume practice squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really- the tight end position, I mean, is Darnell Washington. Yeah. You know, that's really the big news. At the, he is going to play now. Now he's going to play a lot. Mm-hmm. You saw, you saw him block on the goal line. I believe it was Jalen Warren's touchdown run. He just took a guy out of the screen, and you said, you know, you're at the goal line, and a guy can block like that. But he can also, he's such a, a great target. You don't have no idea what they're going to do with him, right? Yeah. They could run or pass still. 
So uh, that's huge. He's going to be he's going to be monumental. I do recall a play that I wanted to bring up on the show today. It was in the first quarter, Washington. It was a block where he he got his hands on the defender, and it was within two seconds that he was on his back. I mean, his power is just incredible. And you're right; you factor that into his athleticism and what he's able to gonna, what he's going to be able to provide at that position on the offense. It's exciting. Yeah, um, absolutely. The offense, the entire team is exciting. Yeah. Really is. I mean, we're, we're down into the 51, 52, 53 guys in the practice squad we're talking about today. It's, I mean, this is perfect for me. This is nerd talk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if we look at it there, I mean, there's really, there's nothing really uh, crazy or astonishing in these cuts. And really, the Steelers are putting a bow on their their training camp, their preseason. And when you evaluate it and you look at their preparation at their three preseason games going undefeated, yes, the games don't count towards any type of uh, postseason. But could you have written up a better preseason flow than what has occurred for the Steelers? They got out with without any injuries. They saw the growth and development in Kenny Pickett. Now I probably just jinxed everything. Uh, you had a lot of your younger players who were stepping up, but there is no excuse that they, they should perform week one in Pittsburgh against the 49ers. It's really exciting. I'm one of the guys keeps telling, trying to talk me into betting uh, on the Steelers going out to a 4-0 start. I guess it's 100, bet 100 to win 1,000, 10 to 1 odds. And I think they're going to beat San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know, San Francisco has some issues right now. Yeah. And they're favored coming into Acrisure Stadium against a team that totally believes in itself and will just relish this role as underdog. I I hate to get anyone excited, and I don't want anyone to lose money on what I say, but I, I this got to be a great gambling opportunity. Steelers plus <laughs> two and a half points. And you better, you know, buy it up to three. But anyway, um, and then uh, you've got the Texans. They got a center who knows all their all their stuff, right? Yeah. Is that, is that, does that worry you? Uh, no. <laughs> I will be following his career from afar, silently rooting for him to find his legs no pun intended, at the center position. Well, you, you were in an interview mob with him, right? I was. I mean, I didn't ask many questions. I just, I was just taking it all in. <laughs> so, uh, and then they have the Raiders and the Browns, right? Browns mm-hmm. are in the top front four? Yep. It's got me tempted because this team is champing at the bit. They are excited and believe in themselves. And it's not... Uh, an overhype, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're still considered underdogs. Look, they're they're underdogs in their opener after a perfect preseason. They outscored their opposition sixty-one to seven in the first halves. Yeah, man, um, it's exciting. It's exciting time. Very exciting. And I, I I feel like I'm putting you to sleep, Jeremy. It's so exciting. <laughs> no, I mean you're. I'm again. I'm an objective reporter now, Jim. I, you know, okay. I, I don't get excited. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm not excited. 
Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great. The cuts are done. We're getting ready for that, that opener, probably some roster moves that are going to take place here in between now. Um, and I believe it's September 10th is the the first game 1 PM, uh, against the Niners. So we'll see some, um, some roster moves that are made. Uh, but anything to, to wrap it up, Jim, as we close up number 74 here, I, I, the only thing I would look for maybe picking up a corner corner, but I don't see really uh, moves being made unless a wide receiver comes available. But, you know, Gunner and Miles Boykin are great locker room guys. They are right in with the team. The chemistry is great. Gunner, I hear keep hearing him compared to Ryan Switzer. I, I, I mean, I, I get that, that they both go down easily, fairly. But I see Gunner is is much more of a playmaker, much shiftier, and he really fits in with these guys. Yeah, he really, you know, you know, he's always playing cards with those guys. He's with the gang. Um, <laughs> I got a great quote from him. I'm doing a Kenny Pickett story, uh, and uh, if you remember last year, I asked Gunner before the Tom Brady game against Tampa Bay. I asked Gunner, you know, hey Gunner, any any kind of comparison at all with Kenny? And Tom Brady, you know, he don't want to hear this. Plus, he don't want to see this, the, the uh, headlines the next day. Gunner says rookie for the Steelers is Tom Brady. So he's <laughs> he doesn't know me well enough. So he doesn't want to go anywhere near that. I, I said, no, just just a high end comp His his ceiling comp after many years. I mean, he's built like him. He's accurate like Brady. And Gunner said, you know. Unless he unless he is better than everybody, sleeps better than everybody, eats better than everybody, you know, all the things Tom Brady does to, to become the champion he was. And and it was a great quote. Yeah. So I went back to Gunner today after Kenny Pickett's perfect preseason. I said, you got an update on this quote? He goes, hey, look, it's not my job to, to check on him to see if he's getting his sleep or if he's eating right. <laughs> but. On the football field, he's making those kind of strides. He's got to do it about 20 years, 25 years, and yeah. seven rings. But, he, I mean, he kept that distance. But there is something to be said. I mean, that's the style Pickett has, the Tom yeah. Brady size, accuracy, acumen, savvy. Of course, nobody had Brady savvy. I don't even know if Joe Montana had Brady savvy. But I think Kenny Pickett's along those lines. So, yeah. I mean, if he can really make a step up in that direction, it's a real exciting time because this 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 starting lineup and with with good high depth, I, I still think they they need numbers forty nine through fifty three improved. Yeah, we're always looking for ways to improve, right? Yeah, I don't want to say it's a packed fifty three man roster, but. It's a packed team. Yeah. Lots of reasons for optimism and and in regards to Pickett, you know, just watching watching him this preseason and trying to figure out the type of quarterback he is. And I always kept going back, man, he can't throw the deep ball. He can't put the zip on it. I think the player that he is, he's he's the precise, accurate, he he's the he's a surgeon. That's who he is. That's what he does. And he'll pick his spots for the deep ball, but he threw some nice down the field passes this week. So I think yeah, I yeah. think at the end of this season, that's what we're going to be talking about. 
is just his accuracy and that's his game. That's how that's where he excels. And maybe that's where, you know, the legend of a, another great Caesars quarterback will be born. Yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect way to end. It, Jeremy, you have a writer's flair. <laughs> well, that's it. That's episode number 74. Um, I'm going to do a quick plug here at the very end, but just real fast, check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my my work. Well, actually, uh, my, my site's on pause, but give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. And also, too, Jim was talking about you could bet on the Steelers make some money in my my real my real gig. I'm actually actually a trader of the markets. And let's say that you buy a stock, it goes up a dollar a share. If you have a thousand shares, that's a thousand dollars and you can protect your risk. If you want to learn more about trading the stock market in our show notes, there is an upcoming free boot camp all about trading the markets through my company, Replace Your Dollar. So if you'd like to learn from me about how to trade profitably, click on that link, register, and I'd love to see you there. Um, and, and and that's great. And if you want to learn more about betting on the Steelers, tune in to our show next week. Yes, yes absolutely. So, hey, it's episode 75 next week, Jim. Well, that's the number, right? Yes. Yes, it the is. The number. And we're closing in on that 500 mark for subscribers. So we thank everybody out there. So close. Keep sharing with your family and friends. And Jim, that was yeah. fun. But Good one. The but... The but uh, but what were they? The butt pirates. The butt pirates. I did not say that. I said the butte pirates. Uh, you you set me up on that one. That's Idaho. No, Dylan Cook played for the, I think it was the Mustangs or something, but it, it was differentiated in the story from the Idaho team. Gotcha. All right, everybody. We will see you back here next week for episode 75. Have a great week.